This episode of Nerd Cognito is brought to you this week with no additional commercial interruption. Why? Well, it's our way of saying thank you. We've had an incredible influx of new Nerd Cognito listeners, and we know that that cannot happen without you liking and subscribing, and most importantly, sharing and spreading the word on social media. Thank you. We sincerely appreciate it, and this is the least that we can do for you. So kick back, enjoy this week's episode, remember to share it, get those posts flying, and we'll get on with the show. Nerd Cognito. Uh, welcome everybody to Nerd Cognito. We have the most incredible lineup of stuff and people that we are going to talk to tonight. My name is Ryan David. I am joined as always by Bert. Hey, Bert. Hey, Ryan. How's it going? Oh, it's going fantastic. There was some big news this week, Bert. Uh, I, I heard some rumblings, but I really haven't had a chance to get into any news this week. I've been pretty busy. You've been living under a stone because Wizards has dropped the new, not 5.5, not 6th edition. There are no more editions. It is one D&D on the world. Hmm. One D&D. One D&D. And tonight... We have a cornucopia of folks that are going to be joining us for a roundtable discussion. Not only did Wizards drop the announcement of one D&D, and we're going to school you on everything that you missed, Bert. I promise. I promise. Fair enough. But we have with us Eric Jensen from Wampus Country Blog. We've got the one and only Victor Gorchev of YouTube Streaming Fane. Greg Lambert, we all know him as Iris, the author of the Chronicle of Iris. We've got Kevin from Magic User Games, and you and me. So it is going to be one hell of a night. Yeah, I don't think we've ever done anything in this format before. No, we haven't, and they are all here. Gentlemen, welcome, 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 welcome. Thank you for joining us for this crazy, crazy roundtable discussion. Hey, don't, guys. Don't all shout what. There you go, Victor. <laughs> Thanks for having me. <laughs> Greetings from the Netherlands. Yeah. Uh, excited we, to be here. We're we're excited to have everyone here. It, you know, we're all going to beat up Bert because Bert didn't have time to to chew through the wonderful and magical materials that we've all read this week. Um, <laughs> hey, hey, Greg, I'll, I'll just let you sort of kick it off. If there's one thing that Bert needs to know about one D and D, what do you think it should be? play the osr oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, eric what's bert's one thing he needs to know about one D? they're going to dribble out a trickle of playtest material over the next two years so get used to this discourse two years oh, two years oh my god victor uh, what's um, bert need to know they're trying to turn D&D into a life service, and uh, don't trust them. It's Wizards of the Coast. It's going to be awful. <laughs> it is. Magic user, what do you got for Bert? Um, uh, no, DMs can't crit, apparently. 
That's oh, something I've heard. Ba- yeah. Bad, bad, yeah. bad. That's not. They're getting rid of that. There so. will be no critting during our safety circle. Yes. <laughs> yes. So if they, if you roll that nat twenty on that steam wand, when they're trying to make their coffees in there, and they're, they're, you gotta, you gotta be careful. So. Well, we we have a lot to talk about, and guys, I don't really want to, you know ringmaster this it, it, this is an open discussion for us to talk about what we think of one D. i think uh, of course i'm looking at this from uh, i'm trying trying to objectively not talk about the the whole sparkle troll influence that we're we're dealing with here i'm really trying to look at this from other perspectives and it sort of hit me this afternoon like a lightning bolt this is Wizards and Hasbro's ability to finally monetize the hobby, as in the streamers, as in live plays, as in people that are sharing their game, because now they have something tangible that can be copyrighted. So I'm looking at this from the the evil corporation standpoint, and I usually love the evil corporation. Um <laughs> That that's kind of like the best part about it. Uh, I don't know what to think. There's not enough out there yet. There's certainly enough that we can pick and choose and sort of shout at clouds about. And their excuse is going to be one of many. The, the first of, well, this is just a play test, you know. The, none of this is written in stone. We're we're gonna we're gonna shift and go. But what are you guys thinking? What motivated them, not the dismal launch of Spelljammer, I'm sure, what motivated them out of the blue to launch this sort of out of left field? The dismal launch of Spelljammer, the, the dismal launch of the past five books they've made. Like, yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. the, if you go back to The Wild Beyond the Witchlight and Strixhaven and Radiant Citadel and like all these books have been just... I don't know if they're complete failures for them, but I don't I don't know of anyone buying them. My local game stores, they've got shelves stocked full of this stuff. Nobody buys it. Nobody cares about it. You're you're right. I, I I'm thinking back and I think the first one that even their own sort of crew of people, the the folks that, that we know are are shouting to change the hobby, they didn't even embrace going back to Tasha's, right? Tasha's got a lot of ire. Yeah, it was pretty... I remember when that came out. Yeah, it's kind of controversial with a lot of people. Well, that's because they can never be good enough for these uh, people that are trying to court. They always have something to complain about. And and it seems like no matter what, they can complain and complain and complain. They're never going to be satisfied. Yeah, they're they're literally not satisfied about the stuff that's coming out now. They're complaining about uh, the uh, half racist and like stuff like that. They're saying it's racist and offensive to like half breeds in real life. And yeah, so you you can never satisfy them. So I love that they're eating their own right now, though. Yeah, I I really do. I I'm sitting back and watching, and, and there it's just brilliant. Mm-hmm. They're they're literally going against each other because you know we're, we're ostracized i'm sure each and every one of us are on a block list somewhere except oh. for bert <laughs> because he doesn't partake in any of that online presence good for you bert 
Uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I, I like to think that I'm the uh, sort of the fresh eyes. Whenever Ryan brings me one of these things, he gets to rant and I get to go, well, I don't understand. First of all, can somebody tell me what a life service is? Anyone? Hey, and I take the bullets too. Just, just saying. True. They, they want D&D to be a life service. What does that mean? Uh, Monetizing everything. Yeah, putting it all of it on the one online umbrella. Be so, like, well, I, I guess what what you have to understand, Bert, is they are very, very aggressively hitting the digital end of Dungeons and Dragons now. Mm -hmm. You know, I always say online role playing isn't, and um, you know, get a fucking table. Uh, but they're they're totally merging their D and D Beyond product into this philosophy, and it is a hard. Core press. That's why I was hmm. saying before, you know, from the corporate perspective, if you're going to stream their tabletop, what are the ramifications? Do you need a streaming license? Mm -hmm. uh, are you going to have to license the product for your, for us to create fan content? There, there's lots of gray questions that are yet to be answered. But uh, the big thing that I see from this online push is control. Okay. Yes, I agree fully. Yeah. So, yeah, especially the push towards digital bundles for books mm -hmm. where they don't have to keep re-releasing like changes to rules. They can just hop in digitally and change your book. That's something I kind of, yeah. Uh, that's already happened. That happened to me in yeah. 20. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, they, uh, I had, I had Volo's Guide to, to Monsters or whatever it's called. And then they recently changed it, and without asking, they just updated my World 20 copy. Oh, that's that's that, that's creepy. I don't yeah. like that. Yeah, I, I like the ability for you to at least have a choice. Hey, there's an errata update for this, this, and this, and these are changing. Here's a new PDF, but you can still keep the archive of the old one. Well, the problem is these weren't just rules rules updates. These were law updates to make them more progressive. So they're just going to um, shove that down your throat. It's they're not going to ask you. Hmm. They're not going to give you the choice to be a racist. Well, since you broke that open, <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't know we were going to go there yet. But but since you did break that open, um, what are our thoughts here? How much are we catering to the shout at nothing crowd? The Shout at Nothing crowd has been shouting quite a lot in the past few days, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They've been shouting from the rooftops. I don't I don't understand why they still have orcs in the game. Well, that's you can't have you know, it's like the most ridiculous takes imaginable I've seen all over the place. Yep. Uh, orcs having adrenaline rush is apparently offensive, so, I mean, who knows? Oh my god, yeah, that one. Well, remember, orcs substitute for you know, the, the real life orcs that you guys see driving down the highway and, you know, when you're at Target and, and those, hey, orc, um, <laughs> you filthy orc, I should own you. Uh, <laughs> it just doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. And the the fact that it, they're never going to be pleased. We, we, we said that before, yeah. you know, yep. they're going to just and and one more time until that puss bag is just full. And it's going to be, when's the tipping point? When is Hasbro, not Wizards? Because we know that the inmates are running the asylum at Wizards. When is Hasbro and the shareholders going to step in and say enough is enough? 
I'm not sure that's necessary, Ryan. I mean, with what we're looking at now with this move towards one D&D and the monetization and the brand control online, I think at some level above the activists at Watsi, people understand that this is the long game, right? So even if 20, 30 something with a lot of disposable income who live on the internet and live on Twitter and all this kind of nonsense uh, have these complaints, they're going to fall out of the audience at some point. But the... Uh, are they? Uh, well, maybe. Are they, are they really? I, maybe. I don't know. I can hope. I, I mean, I can hope too, but, you know, I don't see that happening. I just see, because that lifestyle and, and that mindset is just push and push and push and push mm -hmm. and stamp your feet until you get your way. I don't see if Wizards keeps making concessions to this group that they are going to fall out. They're just going to see it as a challenge. That's entirely possible. I think I think maybe my assumption is that a lot of people who engage deeply in a, a hobby or this sort of quote-unquote community do so during a period in their lives when they've got nothing else going on. And maybe my false assumption is that they would eventually have jobs and kids <laughs> and so if that doesn't happen jobs. then okay <laughs> then you're right <laughs> i i'm terrible but they're not going to have jobs uh i wonder if the popularity of the game once it kind of starts to die down i wonder if those new people will then jump ship once it's oh definitely yeah that's what yeah well i i look at the waves right we had the wave in I guess what we would consider authentic, original, you know, like AD and D. And then that sort of died out. Then there was another wave at 3.5 and then that died out. Or, or, are we just in a natural cycle here? No, because those previous waves at least were still targeting like the original players. They were targeting nerds who liked fantasy and who liked rolling dice. This new wave is targeting a very flighty, uh, trend chasing demographic they're the people that just discovered like stuff like critical world during the pandemic uh you know well, well like you said the sparkles walls <laughs> that's who they're quoting and those aren't really a uh a demographic that will stick with you for years yeah it's not even and not even the sparkle trolls it's the the demographic <laughs> that goes to target to pick up a new funko pop of iron man and they're into they've got their Disney Plus subscription and their Game of Thrones and Harry Potter uh, bumper stickers. You know they're into this, yeah, like very shallow idea of pop culture, and so they're on board with whatever is the newest thing, like Stranger Things. I, I like the new Stranger Things season. I think it's great for D and D or whatever. But you know, it's like these they're they're tourists. I call them tourists. They're they're not going to be around forever. But yeah. Wizards of the Coast, their big mistake, I think, their biggest mistake, and this is what's going to kill them, is changing the rules. Doing stuff like, uh, you know, the monsters can't get critical hits on a 20, uh, race changes and all this stuff. They, they think that that's going to draw in this target demographic, but what's going to happen is when these big people like Critical Role actually start streaming the game with these changes... People are going to start to realize that the game sucks now, and then people are not going to want to play it, or they're going to homebrew their own rules, or they're going to exclude the new rules, and people aren't going to be interested anymore. Like that, mm -hmm. they've made their own game suck. So that's not—I don't think that's going to work out for them. I think the big difference between this wave and the other waves is—I think we got people at Wizards who 
it seems like they're actively trying to remove that strong foundation of fans that they've had throughout the years. And they're hoping to replace it with these new people. But I don't think that's going to work out for them. I could be wrong. but So this is the pillar of bodies. You know, they yeah. <laughs> want to build the foundation on us, the, the dead fans, for the new fans that are unemployed and eventually going to run out of money, question mark? Open for um, I don't get this whole thing. Like I, I, I sell uh, typewriters on Etsy as part of my uh, my day job, and I would rather have somebody who buys like a typewriter a week for like twenty years than try to like you know chase some like weird twenty people who's gonna maybe buy one because you know this this type of co uh, typewriter or this color of typewriter is popular all of a sudden. Like I don't know why are they suddenly just chasing like these flighty people that aren't going to stick around. I just don't get it. I think timing has a lot to do with it. And I'm, I'm going to, you know, equate this to sort of my own library. As I look over my shoulder in my game room at my shelf, I have nearly complete books from AD&D &D through fourth edition. Yeah. And then in fifth edition, I already started to take a step back because I wasn't happy with the product. Mm hmm I wasn't happy with the changes. I wasn't happy with the direction. I wasn't happy with just the lack of teeth that the product have had. And I continually took a step back and took a step back. And Bert will tell you this. He has been to my game room. I like stuff. Yeah. And I like to have complete stuff. Mm -hmm. And I have no desire to have complete stuff in 5th edition. And I have no desire to make an entry into D D one zero nada mm -hmm. that's not good let me ask you guys a question because just kind of thinking just kind of spitballing here with you know as we're saying you know no record-breaking sales with the past four or five releases from wizards of the coast you know um and difficulty getting people to purchase the product is this almost like corporate gatekeeping, forcing people to almost into a subscription model to be able to get into the game, whether they're new players or old players. Oh, yeah, that's I'm going to piggyback on that, but I'm going to let someone else go first because you just you just sparked something in my little smooth brain. I think it's a pretty accurate observation because, I mean, they are really pushing like the digital stuff. If you watch that trailer that they did, that really weird, creepy trailer that they had about one D&D, they're like, you can get the digital bundles. That's the best way, right? That's the best way. Of course, of course, though, the physical ones will be there. But the digital, that's what you want. And, yeah, I feel like they're going to – it won't be for a while, but I, I could see them phasing out the physical copies in favor of digital. Evil capitalist thought that you spawned for me, Bert. Okay. We know that the Sparkle Trolls wave a banner of piracy, not all of them, but generally speaking, all the time, hey, you know, we're downloading everything from what well, used to be the Trove, and now it's just the archive of the Trove that's now a torrent. Um, okay. Is this a corporate way for them to wrangle some of that and try to convert that into sales? Mm. And if so, is that conversion worth ostracizing us who was paying for it all along? I, I think that the overestimated the... Uh everyone going online during the pandemic and they think that's going to be a continuous thing 
rather than people moving back to their own tables after you know now that stuff is uh, calming down. Um, I, I I think you're right, Victor. I mean, we you know everybody did. There was that period yeah. of time in the pandemic where nobody was certain, everybody was unsure, and everybody said, you know what, it's not ideal, but we'll play ball. But even our table, which is pretty diverse politically and, you know, the makeup of the group, um, from we tick all of the boxes that the Sparkle Trolls would love in our, in our group, except for, you know, we actually play hardcore role-playing games. <laughs> um, but even our group migrated back to being at the table after that first hubbub was over. Mm -hmm. This is too little too late. Uh, I only play online, but that's literally just because I'm Dutch and there's not much of a tabletop culture where I live. I'm like rural Dutch, but I realized that I'm the outlier. Like most people play at their own table. And that's like the other thing. I think this is a attempt of uh, by them to take control because uh, out of all of the nerd hobbies that have been like, you know, invaded, if you want to call it that, uh, we always had to benefit. At the end of the day, it's just you and your friends sitting at your table with your books, rolling your dice, playing your game, and nobody else could have any say about what you were doing at your table. Uh, I feel this is an attempt to move all of this online, uh, and then they get to exert control. Like, what if I won a game on D&D Beyond and I have evil orcs and somebody complains and gets me banned or something? Like... I, I fully foresee you stuff will play like that our game our way yeah I fully foresee stuff like that happening uh if you if you GM your game wrong on that platform you're gonna get in trouble Victor I you mentioned the fact that um people who play the game understand that like at the end of the day this is our table mm -hmm. it's okay like you can have your rules whatever I don't I wonder if a lot of these people actually who are new to this hobby coming from you know stranger things or whatever, if they actually know that's the case, like do they, and that that kind of implies, do they actually play the game very much? Like how often are they playing? Uh, I don't think they're playing very often. I think they watch Critical Role, and yeah. they they uh, if they're a Tumblr artist, they'll draw their uh, you know the OC, the original character, and they'll talk about it about their like twelve page background that they've written up for it. Oh my and god! <laughs> I think that's about it. Maybe they've done like one game with that character, and then somebody offended them, and they stopped. <laughs> that's basically the feel I uh, I get from a lot of these people. Yeah, but that's yeah. okay. Wizards doesn't actually care whether you play the game. Playing the game only matters to Wizards and Hasbro in so much as it generates further sales. And if mm -hmm. they've done their mm -hmm. research and they are of the opinion that people who watch streams and buy the new hardback just to flip through on the toilet comprise 70% of their highly profitable business model, then they don't care if you play. Right. Mm -hmm. So yep. we can actually slide the model uh, along two lines, which is this, uh, you know, virtualization so they have the control online and at the same time simplify the game in order to appease filthy casuals who want to drop in on somebody else's game uh for a two-hour session and have fun and know that they're not going to get killed that's the end game yep uh, more power to them at the end of the day like you know that's what ca capitalism is if they that's what the trend they see and they want to chase it sure sure but don't come crawling back to me when it collapses and like <laughs> i'm the grognard that you've like you know shoved away uh, like you know to, to chase this new uh, demographic which is interesting to me if you look at magic the gathering which is their if that's their cash cow magic the gathering probably makes a lot more money than dungeons and dragons overall 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tons more money. I can speak from the FLGS standpoint in that it is a seven to three ratio. Yeah. So they don't, they don't make, okay. So they are a little bit woke or, you know, political with magic, just a little bit. It's not crazy. You know, you can't say that they've gone nuts on that. Did you see the Lord of the Rings one? Yeah. Well, I haven't seen that yet. I don't want to, but (laughs) the thing is they don't, they don't make a magic, the gathering expansion or set that they don't expect people to play. And that's what's weird to me about Dungeons and Dragons. It's like it's like a totally different mindset behind their how the, how they're designing these products. Like if they went with the magic model, flawed as it may be, and designed things that they felt like the most people would actually buy and play and collect, maybe they would make more money. I, I don't know why they're not going down that route. Victor hit, hit on something. Maybe the reason they're not going down that route and this just could be me paranoid, always looking over my shoulder on Twitter. But is this an opportunity for them to flex some political arm and possibly deplatform people? Well, sure, um, but it, yeah, it's going to bite them in the ass. Go ahead, Victor. <laughs> I, I think it's because at the end of the day, Magic Magic the Gathering is still a game. D and D is being branded as a lifestyle. It's people role playing. It's people like you know making characters, putting all of this emotion into it. You don't really get that with Magic the Gathering when you're slapping down cards. Like, most you'll, yeah. like, get angry because somebody's, like, you know, killing you. <laughs> but uh, with D&D, like, they're basically catering to, uh, you know, the fear the crowd who just want to be, like, you know, I want to be an uwu cute, uh, tiefling, uh, half-orc uh, thing who's queer and trans and, you know, all this stuff. So I love that you just said uwu cute, tiefling thing. <laughs> <laughs> that that just made my night. <laughs> That's probably an actual race in drive through RPG. Yeah, Ooh, probably. T- <laughs> That's going to be the title of, of this round table. <laughs> uwu cute, tiefling thing. <laughs> yeah. but I'm, I'm not sure if I'm explaining myself right, but I think there's just... No, you are. Yeah, I just, there's more behind D&D than like, you know, just slapping down a couple of cards. That's just people get way more invested and they're like feeding off of that just a regular race how about a whole rpg book like we can go on kickstarter and watch uwu cute lesbian sword fighters (laughs) and like get get four hundred thousand dollars i'm on board who wants to join let's do it you know what (laughs) i i the one thing that 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 blows me away is that that has been monetized into a career and Good for them. I mean, if flashing my butthole could get me 400 grand, I sure would flash away. Um, do I want it tied to my hobby where I want to unwind and chill and kick back and laugh around the table with friends? No, no. That just spoiled the uwu cute tiefling thing for me. And when you were just talking about those tieflings that you just mentioned, the fact that it's just surface level. The skimming through Twitter and watching this discussion about half breeds, and it's just cosmetic for them. These people really have no understanding of the game. Like they think a dwarf is oh, it's just a short. It's it's, a dwarf is just a short human for a lot of these people. It's like go ahead. Don't you know that everybody is the same, no matter what they look like? Come on, yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. And hence, there are no more, you know, racial, uh, not stats, but ability score movement, right? Yeah. That's that's one of the things that we're seeing. There's there's no benefit or drawback 
or adjustment to a character based on the race now. It is what it is, what it is, what it is. Cookie cutter, cookie cutter, cookie cutter with different decorations. Yeah, they moved them to backgrounds. So now if you uh, want to play an orc, you might get your racial ability where you have like adrenaline boost, which they're also mad about because that's apparently racist. But yeah, you, you're not like, you know, automatically stronger than like an elf. Uh, you're only stronger if you pick like the soldier background or the farmer background mm. or something like that, which yeah. I feel limits characters way more than the old way. Yep, and they shot themselves in the foot big time with that because they made the backgrounds, at least in the preview, it's like the gladiator background has like a default. The backgrounds have like a default language, for example. <laughs> yep. The gladiator's default language is orc, <laughs> so it's like, wait a minute, what do you mean, you people? Like all the orcs yeah. are gladiators? That's racist. Like that's that stirred some people up. I've seen well, a bunch once, of once they went to the point to say that well no really you can do custom backgrounds and we expect you to do custom backgrounds maybe they should have left all the sample ones out because they were just yeah. asking <laughs> for trouble yeah definitely so I I don't even know what to expect next uh, uh like I said I'm thoroughly enjoying the minor implosion within their sort of group of folks but how it's going to, you know, spawn and evolve and move from there is is going to be, I don't know, what what should we expect? What can we expect? What can we do? I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I am shouting from the mountaintops the praises of every independent creator mm. that I know. And, and I think that's the only course of action that we're going to have moving mm -hmm. forward. Yeah, I think so. Well, you know... If you've, uh, over the past, like, let's say eight months, a year even, so it's been a long time, they've dropped a lot of hints about what they're going to do as far as the rules changes. Some of them might not be bad. You know, I hate to have a voice of positivity in this nonsense, but they've suggested, and Mike Merles and uh, David Crawford have been on random videos talking about what they want to do way before this. Where they mm -hmm. said, yeah, we're going to get rid of short rest for 5 years. Mm -hmm. Like, a short rest is overpowered. You can't have that. And we're going to, we're going to change the way that hit dice work. Right now you have your hit dice pool and that lets you heal a certain amount. We're going to get rid of that. They've actually said that type of stuff, which actually got my hopes up. I'm like, well, if they do some of that, maybe it won't be so bad. Maybe they're actually trying to make it harder. So it's did you miss the hashtag fire Mike Merles? <laughs> whole thing that was going on because of that nope oh really are you that serious? was happening i want to say friday wow that they, oh my god okay have it yeah no i don't know too much about it. <laughs> it, it it didn't get a lot of traction but it got some some and uh you know there there were definitely a handful of our sparkly friends that you know they they went all out and put it into their name too oh my god so um yeah, hashtag Fire Mike Merles was definitely something that was on the radar. And I'll admit, I didn't know where it was coming from because I'm like, why? We're capitulating to just about everything. H how is this a hashtag? But yeah, you just answered my question. Wow. Taking away short rest, that's offensive against napping Americans. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of, I'm getting tired. <laughs> <laughs> At first, it didn't seem like what they were going to do was going to be too crazy. In fact, I thought, and I am totally wrong, obviously I'm wrong as fuck, but 
I thought they were actually going to start capitulating to the OSR and be like, oh, okay, well, the OSR is big now. It's getting a lot of money. There's a ton of people in there now. Maybe we should start going the opposite direction. Nope. <laughs> That's not yeah. what they did. Not what they did at all. I think the f- what this is going to look like in the future is how these, as we call them, sparkle trolls react to every new playtest that comes out. If they hate it, like the half races that they're talking about, they might remove that and they might, you know, cap- capitulate even more. Like D&D 1 might be something totally different in 2024 than what we're seeing right now. I fully expect half races to, to be 180 in the next preview. 100% yeah. based on just the, the hand wringing and, and, and caterwauling that's going on right now. And the worst part is these, uh, they're not going to know from a business perspective. I mean, they are business people. And they're not going to know who's just taking a cursory look at the text and then make founding their opinion just based on whether it's racist or not. And who's actually playtesting the material and like trying to figure out if the rules make sense. You know, there's like, they're not going to know the difference. So you're going to have these loud voices that are very opinionated about some sentence they found. But then there's going to be these other people who are actually trying to play the game, you know, like it's supposed to be played. They're not going to know the difference. Maybe this is them putting their finger in the wind because they do have a very extended timeline set so that they can fine tune all of those quasi social, politico, cultural things. And, you know, they're willing to take the hit up front, knowing that at the end they're going to say, we listened to you. We 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 listened. We, look, this is your product, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know. I don't know. Well, they they still got two years, and two years is a long time uh, when it comes to these things. Because that whole uh, orcs are uh, you know a certain demographic that only started maybe like three years ago, maybe four years ago, and it was like a very small amount of people that everyone made fun of, and then it just snowballed, and now all of a sudden it's like all of the progressive tabletop players that are saying this. I don't know, Victor. I don't, th- I've always had this theory that this segment, the sparkle troll segment is an incredibly small segment with an incredibly large voice. Mm-hmm. I- I've always subscribed to that theory. I have no numbers, no proof. It's just my thought. And if we can get, I guess, word out that alternatives and other perspectives are there. Their voice is so loud and so dominant that maybe that's all that is being heard. And now we've seen the inclusion of some of these family and rising community members into development teams, or maybe not even development teams, but into development discussions. And it's just further polluting the soup, you know? There, I, I'm... A hundred percent convinced that they are not as large as they profess to be. Yeah, and I think this that that, that fact. I know that their wizards wants to avoid a mass exodus of players, but I think that's coming regardless. If like, it's it's going to happen, and they're not going to have very much support in the game at that point. So, I mean, a silent majority is still a majority. Yep. Well, I don't think it's a large group, but I think they're pretty well connected 
they all that's seem the thing. They they are mobilized. Mm-hmm. You're you're yeah. correct. Well, yeah. they all seem to know somebody who works at Wizards of the Coast, or you know, they manage to wrangle like some kind of like sensitivity reader job, or like you know, all sorts of stuff. So they... I sucked that dick last Friday. <laughs> Wait a minute. Uh, see, I, I'll take the bullets. <laughs> all right, guys. Final thoughts on what we've seen this week. Uh, we'll just go around, uh, Bert. I mean, I, I think that at some point, you know, uh, Hasbro and Wizards are going to have to realize that if you keep, you know, if you keep changing everything to make it neutral or palatable to every portion of your fan base, then you're going to wind up with a game that's unplayable. We're going to be, you know, uh, it's going to be Planet of the Neutrals from Futurama. You know, the end of the world is coming. Tell my wife I said hello. And that would, <laughs> and that'll be it. What makes a man neutral? <laughs> His love for gold? Power? Or maybe he was born with a heart of neutrality? <laughs> Greg, final thoughts. Final thoughts for me is too early. Um, there's going to be a lot of noise and a lot of loud voices for good reason. But I feel like if you are playing whatever campaign and table that you have right now, whether it's going to be 5e, or uh, Castles and Crusades, that's what I'm moving towards. And, you know, just keep doing what you're doing. That's not going to affect you right now. Maybe in six months, start worrying about it, but probably too early. Eric? Uh, I think it's probably best to stay positive and focus on, you know, throw focus on stuff that you actually care about, try to play local and keep your games going, and ignore the Leviathan. They're going to have this monstrous playtest where they're going to spend 24 months asking the cat whether it's been fed and we know how well that's going to go. Um, and then two years from now we can reconvene and, and look back on what happened. Kevin. It's important for players and members of the tabletop community that our wallets speak volumes. If you don't like it, just don't buy it. And there's some awesome stuff in the OSR. I mean, it's freaking great. It's really captured the spirit of what, I think D and D is supposed to be so beautiful, Victor. Um, I think sh- I think they're shooting themselves in the foot, and they're never gonna make the quote that they're courting happy. And I'm just gonna be here eating popcorn and just watching them destroy themselves. And we will definitely always have our opinion, and for sure, try to get the word out that hey, whenever it comes down to it, we really do just want you to have a table and have a game, and have a good time with hopefully very, very good friends. Well, gentlemen, I want to thank you one and all for coming on tonight. This was this was truly a great experience. Um, we'll do it again probably the next time there is some major stone thrown in the pond, but I look forward to talking to each of you on various platforms uh, just, just moving forward. But thanks again for, for coming in tonight. Excellent, excellent discussion. Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate it. Thanks, Thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks, everybody. Have a good night, everybody, everybody, everybody. Whew. Man, Bert. I is spent. <laughs> a lot of uh, a lot of differing opinions out there. There sure are. And, you know, we all dig different opinions. Uh, as long as you're not screaming and shoving them down our throats. So... You can always hear our opinion on the podcast provider of your choice. You're probably listening on it right now. 
but be it Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeartRadio, you name it, we are there. We just ask that you go and find Nerd Cognito and hit that subscribe button. Subscribe to us so that you don't miss a single episode. Every week we come at you with nerdy goodness and we want you to come at us with a subscription and telling your friends. You know, send those social media messages out, get the word of mouth out that, hey, you got to listen to Nerd Cognito. We certainly approve it. You can also drop us a review, whether it's a five-star review or one of those one-star Sparkle Troll reviews. We like them all. It doesn't matter. There's no such thing as fucking bad press. Uh, Nerd Cognito on the podcast provider of your choice. Well, Bert, I think I'm ready for bed. That was that was a whole lot of men all at once. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh, sadly, I can see why you'd feel tired, my yeah, friend. I mean, you know, that that was a lot, but um, some really excellent points. And, of course, we all came into this announcement sort of expecting the worst. And, uh, well, it did not fail to, to meet our expectations. So I can only hope <laughs> that it gets better down the road because I still, whether I like to admit it or not, I'm still a D&D nerd. And I want to be proud to be a D&D nerd again. And I haven't sure. had that for a long time. So Right. I mean, D&D was my first, my first experience with role playing, tabletop role-playing games. Still remember it fondly. So, you know, it's kind of hard to see everything that you remember kind of going by the wayside. And you're wondering, you know, is there anything left of the game that you knew? I don't know. I really, really feel that it's circling the drain. But uh, time will tell. They do have a very open timeline, as we talked about a couple of times, and, and that might be our saving grace. Maybe maybe my Sparkle Troll friends will move on down the road. Uh, we can only hope. We can only hope. Right. I mean, there should be room at the table for old school players and new school players, but it seems like one is being marginalized and the other one is being focused on. And it's kind of... Yeah, I don't get it because... I, you know, take a lot of shit and have a lot of bravado online, especially when promoting this show. But when it comes down to it, and there's a human being that is a reasonable, not flaming pile of shit human being, I'm never going to say, no, you can't play with us. Never. Never am I going to say that. But, um... It's it's disheartening. Ah. Anyway, we had a fantastic show, so that should bring up our spirits. I, I really can't wait to see what the reaction is to it. And if you have a reaction to what you just heard, that beautiful, beautiful roundtable, be sure to email us, nerdcognitopodcast at gmail.com. Let us know what you think. Or... Even better, you can call the Nerd Cognito hotline, 323-694-4242, 323-694-4242. Leave us a message. I mean, if you're a puss bag, like, oh, I hit two buttons at once. Um, <laughs> there, I made up for it. Uh, you can leave us a text message. But, you know, if you got something to say, say it, and... Uh, we're not ashamed. We'll put it on the air and give you our perspective and only slightly make fun of you. Maybe. Maybe. Well, Bert won't. I, I might. I might. Um, 
But that's it for this week. Uh, oh, an exhausting roundtable, lots of opinions, lots of thought, lots of things that are headed down the tabletop role-playing highway, and we're happy to talk at you for it. My name is Ryan David. I was joined by Bert, and we will talk at you next week. Be safe out there, everyone. No!